0: Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast where we talk everything events, sponsorship, and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Sarah Brush, event professional for over two decades. My hope is that this podcast will help you use events and sponsorship to build community, grow your business, and make an impact. Let's get this party started. Today, our guest is Kristen Crowley. Kristen is a former TV news anchor turned entrepreneur, hosting brand image content retreats and helping women build their brands around the world. After 17 plus years working as a television host and spokesperson, Kristen founded her business with her partner in 2019 to change how content and brand imaging was created. Reframe created a new space in the industry and is using events to grow at a rapid pace. With a diverse background in events, marketing, fashion, merchandising, and food and beverage, she ensures her clients' brand images stand out in front of the camera and speaks to their MVPs, most valuable payers. As a working mom of two and a military wife, Kristen understands efficiency and production and business and makes it her mission to help others do the same. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit before we press record, but I've definitely been admiring you and your business from afar. And I feel like, you know, we're connected to a lot of the same people and it's just been really fun to see what you do with retreat. So I can't wait to kind of get into all the details.
1: I'm excited to share about it because I mean, every event is so different and, you know, you can always find a way to make it your own. So we've tried to do that. So I know you're like, this is your expertise realm too in events. So I'm curious to see what you think about some of it too.
0: Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. And do you want to share about just how really you and your business partner, Jill, created this business?
1: Um so it is a really funny story and I know a lot of us know about you know the power of connection and just kind of being in a place at the right time and someone places you know is in your life for the right reason and her and I were actually we live in two different countries she lives in Canada I'm on the east coast here in the United States and we connected through a magazine through Strong Fitness magazine and she was a cover model and I was getting this feature because I was in my fitness stage and <laughs> we all go through that and We ended up, um, she DM'd me, She like, we slid into each other's DMs and not in a creepy way on Instagram, but she DM'd me and she was like, are you in Arizona by chance? And I was like, I am in Arizona. And she's like, where are you staying? And we were both, we were staying in hotels across the street from each other off of North Scottsdale road. And she was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, do you want to meet for coffee? I'm like, hell yeah. I want to meet for coffee. I'm like, this is the craziest thing ever. And literally in that conversation, I had just left TV news and I had started a event called well fit social here in Virginia. And it was my first big event by myself solo. And I was looking for speakers and she was like, I can speak on you know, my journey and, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and to the wellness professionals, I was like, perfect. So literally two months later, she was flying from Canada to Virginia, staying in my house. And we <laughs> ended up finding out that, you know, retreat, someone needed us to help with it. And it didn't work out. But We are like, you know, what? we could do this ourselves and we could do it in a way that makes sense for us. So we saw a gap in the industry for women we started in fitness and wellness, but now it's everybody where there was this like big missing piece between, you know, the fun events where you got really psyched up and then the application of doing it. So Reframe came out of building a brand and business foundation and then creating the content to go with it. So you actually had things to use after you got inspired and revved up and ready to go at one of these conferences. So we just saw, literally saw a gap in the industry and we designed something to fit it.
0: That's incredible. Just how, you know, that one, like sliding into the DMs, how it just, you create a whole business around that. Like that is definitely the power of connection. And when you started doing these retreats, was it always about, you know, building that content or did you do some of the just kind of typical retreats that people would think of before you really got into everything you're doing now?
1: Well, we were going to. So we started out where we like, it was one that someone asked us to do in Miami. And it was through another company who, as a warning to everyone, when anyone asks you to work with them, make sure you get, you know, your contracts, everything in writing and, and vet them out because that company actually went bankrupt and oh my gosh. people- took people's money from uh, retreats they had booked previously and not delivered on. So when that happened, we noticed it early enough, thank goodness, where we weren't affected, but we were like, you know, I'm, and I love retreats that are, you know, uh, soul lifting, I guess would be the right way to put it, but I'm not a kumbaya person and I don't sit around a campfire well and I don't journal well. (laughs) So I was like, we need to create something where women can come together and like literally like, get, get shit done. Like that was our goal. And we, we both being, I was in television, she was in publications. So we're like, how can we use our expertise in these areas? And we just ended up saying, well, I know photographers, you know how to pose. We know how to do all these things. We're good at it. Why don't we teach other women and just, and help them create this. So we wanted to build a working retreat. So we never did a I guess what you would call a traditional retreat. Um, and we were very familiar. We've been on many of them. I've been part of masterminds and been on retreats. And so we kind of shaped it off of that, but we are like, we just really like to get things done. And for women in business, we don't have time to do that. So how can we make it convenient, easier, and more cost effective? And so literally we skipped like all the way from A to like M N O P, like in the alphabet of planning and just did our own kind of take on it. So it is very different. People don't really understand it until they see what we do.
0: <laughs> yeah. And can you share for those that don't know a lot of details, like really, what is, you know, the focus of the retreat and just, you know, how you have it structured?
1: It, it is purely like to get things created for your business. So we were like, gosh, we really need to be able to get stuff done. We need women to like show up. We're going to kick your butt for two days straight. And you're going to go home with a ton of stuff. And you go home with a year of marketing material. It takes a lot to pull that off. And you know, event schedules, like if you are not right on time, you <laughs> live and die by your schedule. Um, luckily, I am that person. So I I had had experience in a couple events before, but TV news teaches you how to track time. And so I am a very anal time person. So everything runs like a ship, like tight knit, you know, really, really on time. And so we set up this thing of like, okay, women show up, makeup is in the morning till this time, we can get this many people, we need this many artists. And then we shoot, you know, this type of content from, you know, 8am until 1pm. And we have multiple sets already set up in the properties we're at. So everybody rolls and we have three photographers, a videographer, and they roll through all of them repetitively for two days straight. And they do video at certain times. And we kind of, you know, we, we do the whole schedule. Like we get the schedule, we make sure everything is where it should be. And we, you know, just really, you just show up, bring all your stuff and we tell you what to do for two days and make you look good. Like that's the most simplistic way to put it. Um, But unless you're in it, you don't know the controlled chaos that it
0: is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so when you first started doing these, how was it like marketing? I mean, you're an expert in that, but just, you know, getting the people there and figuring out like how to market to them and, you know, all of that. Can you talk a little bit about the behind the scenes of that? Yeah, I think with
1: anybody, especially trying to plan an event, you have to know who your target market and your audience is going to be that's going to pay money to go there. Um, You can think your friends and family are going to support you. They're not the ones you're marketing to. And um, in Reframe, we talk about it a little differently. We say MVPs. um, And by that, we don't mean most valuable player. We mean most valuable payers. So who's (laughs) going to pay you money to be at your event and actually use your service And it's a little different from an ideal client avatar, because I think those are a little outdated in the sense of business. I think for manifestation and things, they're great. But when it comes to actual money, you need to know exactly who's going to pay to do it. So we kind of started targeting again. Our expertise was in fitness and wellness as a duo. So Jill has a lot of notoriety in that field, being like the IFBB champ and then the magazine chick, and that I was, you know, really just bringing in the media side and PR. And we decided to these women, we're going to market to people really kind of just within our circle first and find out the interest and how these people are going to want to do this. And it was really um, eye-opening to see who came out and, and it started attending and how diverse it became um, because it's just women in general, we all want to- improve, be supported, build networks. And it started kind of growing from there. And then honestly, like the thing that we did to really grow it in general was we're just really really damn good at our job. And we made it, you know, if you don't have an event that delivers, I mean, there's not going to be excitement about the next one. So over delivering um, and really helping as many women as we could. And the unfortunate part is we started this business and then the pandemic started. So it killed our first entire year and a half of business. Um, we had to cancel. Oh, that's so hard. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, you guys, everybody went through it, yeah. especially in the event industry. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do? We can't take pictures on Zoom of someone else. So how are we going to survive? Um, and we pivoted very hard to online coaching and built that side of the business. And then that kind of actually let us warm people up and develop kind of that know, like, trust thing. And so when we did finally restart the retreats, we had a little more momentum. Um, not saying the shutdown was great, but it gave us time to develop relationships and get people to trust us to know, hey, if I spend this money, I'm going to actually get something for it. And I'm going to go home with something that makes me, you know, look good, feel good. What You know, whatever anybody's purpose is, you have to know that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, the idea of just going to a retreat and just having that experience with the other people there as it is, but then knowing that it's guaranteed that you're going to come back with like a year of content to market yeah. your business is just that's <laughs> such a genius idea. I just, I love it so much. And I know you also have um, a brand Academy. Can you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that? And that might be from what you just talked about, like your online coaching that you did.
1: Yeah, it developed because of that. And I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs in general, you have to be adaptable because nothing is going to be easy and it's never going to go as you plan. And it didn't for us. And so uh, BIA was really a way for us to say, here's the way that we brand build brands. Like we have a three-step system, an IdaCon method that is like really, you know, like we put you through the paces of steps one, two, and three. And it really makes you like identify, attract, and convert because there are steps to building a brand and your brand is a business, you know, and so you are a business. And so we had to turn it into a model that was kind of applicable across kind of all all types of careers. And we ended up developing it. And now that is our base for our just our, you know, our one on one coaching, because we do work with a lot of people that we support um, that can't make it to a retreat. So we just support them online um, with the brand development portion. And so Brand Image Academy kind of came out of that. That was everything we had done during the, the shutdowns. Rolled into this huge program online. And, you know, it it really was a good thing. And for a lot of people out there, too, as a piece of advice, like having something like that on a course or Kajabi or something lets you have an extra bonus to people who maybe can't get to your events or, you know, need support before or after. Um, It was just a great tool for us to add value to what we were doing at the events. And again, give us just another piece of credibility that we, you know, had in another space. So we use that. So we use our method and everybody goes through the BIA when they're with us. And that's just kind of like the MVP stuff, like those, all of those things. Like we really, honestly, they came out of of being forced, (laughs) forced to figure out what we could do to support people from home.
0: Oh my gosh, that's, it's so good. And then if you have like people that, Go to the retreats. Do you sometimes have? Do they go to multiple retreats ever? Do you have packages for that kind of opportunity?
1: (laughs) We have people show up. Yeah, we've had people do two in a year. We've had people, you know, they have a location they like, and it's every year that they do it. Um, So that is hysterical to me because you know, I mean, I love, (laughs) I love that women will actually realize the power of it, and that you're like, wow, I could actually go, and then they have this stuff and. Honestly, it makes us feel great because we do our job and we, you know, we overdeliver and we want you to have beautiful images and but most important, we want you to feel good. And when you leave, you feel more confident. And when we're more confident, we sell our products better. Um, so it's a way to psychologically get yourself to the next level without having, you know, any of those things happen. Um, so it definitely it definitely is is interesting to watch. But yeah, we have people who do um, you know, people who are with us get things for the next year, but it really, um, depends on the person and the need. We've had a lot of products like that use multiple retreats throughout the year, depending on the season and the location too. So that's been interesting to see.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And then obviously when you're starting out, you probably, and maybe not, but started with one retreat. When did you kind of know, that it was time to grow. And how do you pick your cities and just, you know, that whole pl- process around, you know, expanding?
1: Yeah, we had honestly started, Um, again, piece of advice, whenever you're doing your first events, because I did them here locally was finding, you know, we always want to be the mayor of our own town first, because usually we can do that more affordably. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to pay for our travel or some of our teams travel. And you probably have relationships that you can say, hey, this is my first time, would you be willing to, you know, like have part of this on a trade, or can we exchange services for something? Um, And that's how I pulled off my first events here. Um, Luckily, I was already in television here. So people knew me. So it was easier for me to do an event here in the beginning. um, Because I just had I already was someone who people knew me and they trusted me. So my first event, my first tiny little event was 80 people. And that was my first social, which was insane. And then the second one was 150 people. And that was when the pandemic started. So that kind of took a hiatus as well. And I have not brought that back because the reframe ones are doing better. And it's less like it's more fun for me, honestly. Um, And we picked, you know, Virginia Beach is where I live in Virginia. So it was easy. And two of our team members are here with me. Um, and then we do Toronto because Jill lives there and I tell you, we just love Scottsdale and we love Arizona Mm -hmm. and because we started in wellness, you know, that's the Mecca. Everybody, you know, the West coast is much more wellness oriented and a lot of our shoots have a lot of those elements in them. So we find the, and of course you guys have the best houses too. So the most beautiful (laughs) properties, the most beautiful like settings. So we found houses that were big enough because when we travel, Our retreats, it's 16 to 17 people in a house. So we have to have 16 beds. Um, So they're huge properties and it's not easy to find those. So we're in a very niche category of that. Um, And that's been a little more challenging is because we have to find aesthetically pleasing properties in every way possible. So everything has to be photogenic, um, which is, is hard. And especially when you're booking online and you don't live there, that's a scary thing to do.
0: Yeah. And I was just going to ask you about the venue. So I wasn't sure if you ever used hotels or anything, but um, yeah, that is a large house to find. It's good that you know that obviously you're going for a house. So it's, you know, you're focused on kind of where you're going to be looking for those properties, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure they're so incredible.
1: Well, we've had some really, we have good relationships out there with the team we work with and you know, we try and again, develop relationships in cities. So we'll travel there beforehand to try and get into women's networking groups, ask friends, Hey, who do you know that maybe manages Airbnbs? Who do you know that runs a hotel? So we have done one in a hotel before, and we do them in hotels for corporate um, okay. situations because corporate Obviously you can't be in the same house with your coworkers sleeping in the same room. It's right. just not, HR would get a lot of phone calls on that. <laughs> and with our team, we would get fired real quick because we are so inappropriate. But oh my gosh. the hotels are great for certain aspects of it. And they're more controlled as far as, you know, you know what you're going to get. But you also have to have permission to shoot everywhere. You have to work around people. You have to deal with if there's a wedding going on that you can't go into this part of the hotel um, or people photo bombing your photos or your content. Uh, So there's a lot more challenges. So the house is great, but it also, you know, we go to events to make connections. And so it allows you to like, really, we kind of call it like um, summer camp for adults because- Uh the houses we get have really cool bunk beds and bunk rooms. And it's just like bougie summer camp. And it's um, fun to connect that way because you're forced to really get to know people. Um, And the houses just are more convenient for us to control. So developing relationships is is good, but we have some great people in Arizona
0: with some great houses, as you know, I mean, it's just fabulous. It's it's so nice out here. And do you with other vendors, have you partnered with specific vendors, let's say for video and photography that you bring with you, whichever city you go to? So we have our
1: own in-house team um, okay. and we do have connections in each city. So, cause of course you always have to have any event, you have to have a backup for your backup for your backup. Like, I don't care what you think something could go wrong, especially with travel nowadays, someone could not get there. Um, so we have connections in each of these cities that we've developed over time of, you know, photographers and people that could help it jump in and help out. Um, But because we are very um, unique in the way that we shoot, because there's no way, and this is, we're the only people who do what we do in totality. There are people who do similar things, Mm -hmm. um, but they don't do the same thing we do. And for us to make that work and get, I mean, on average in two days at a retreat, we're shooting at least 25 setups and we're shooting, you're getting at least 500 to a thousand photos. Like there is no, there is no, like not many people on the planet who can pull that off. And because it's such a system that Jill and I have created to, to do that, our team has to understand how we operate. So pulling someone new into that situation for a creative can be very overwhelming because I am, um, I'm, a, I'm the nicest person you'll ever meet on retreat <laughs> days. Not the nicest person. I will, I am the one who yells, I'm like, get in here, change, move, do, you know, I'm I'm it's efficiency. I want you to get as much as possible. So our team understands that. And we actually run our retreats on comms. So we're all on headsets, everybody's in communication. So we have three photographers and one videographer that are a part of our actual travel team. Um, so they travel to Canada, Mexico, DR, and the States with us. So we take them everywhere we go. Um, They also understand exactly what we need. So they know how to shoot white backdrop quickly. They know how to shoot holidays. They know how to work with props. Um, And they just, it's a more efficient process. So once you, you know, if you can build a team that understands your SOP, like how you're going to pull it off, it means I have to yell less and I have (laughs) to babysit as many scenes. Cause again, we have four, four scenes going for at, at, at all times for every hour for two days with 10 women rotating through those scenes. So it is a lot logistically to handle. And if somebody isn't keeping up or pulling their weight, it falls off. Um, so we definitely keep that, but we do work with other vendors, um, or we have people that may want, Um, For party setups, like we have a lot of people out there doing really fun party setups now with balloons and tables. If they want that photographed, we'll partner with people in different cities and say, you know, hey, if you want to set it up, we'll just give you some of the marketing images um, and we can use it for a set. So we've done that, which has worked out really well because it helps especially newer, smaller businesses that can't afford higher end marketing materials or can't afford to get 10 women in hair and makeup in one location. Um, you know, it helps them do that too. So we've done some of those trades, um, and it's been, you know, they all have a great time and place. Right.
0: How about, I saw, um, that you do pop-up kind of like pop-up shoots, like daily ones, as Mm -hmm. well as you do some things with sponsorship. Can you talk about those two items? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So pop-ups became, um, something that came out of, again, a necessity from last year because, uh, Virginia beach, Toronto, Denver that we're doing this year, We have a team member in each of those cities, so it is easy for us because we know where to go, what to rent, um, and each of these cities have a, you know, studio. A lot of cities now have a studio you can rent for the day that has setups in it, um, which is, you know, a fantastic concept, and I love that. Um, Sometimes we'll rent an Airbnb for just two days. That's a small one. Um, that we want to use if it looks like it's, you know, styled the right way and, and it's something we want to do, but it allows us to get people content quickly. Cause we did find most of us are busy and you can't get away for four or five days. Right. So maybe you're close to one of those cities or you can fly in the night before shoot all day and you fly home that night. Um, you know, it's, it's really a way for, we just wanted, we want to be accessible for women. Um, to to be able to use the service and some people maybe they don't even have the budget to do a full weekend um so this gives them an opportunity to still create up to a year of content because you're still going to get i mean our one day pop-ups we still get through all the setups we just don't do all the as many of the group shots and fun photos that we do at the retreats um right. so, so we've Pared it down, but you still are, you know, getting weight a ton of stuff in a day. And you're shooting with three photographers and a videographer. So you get a ton of variety, which is nice. And that part has been really interesting. Sponsorships. I know this is something in the event space.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love sponsorships. It's my favorite part of events, honestly. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, we
1: love it. Sponsors are great, but ours are a little different, only in the fact that because at a speaking event, your sponsor, you know, gets all their, you know, signage everywhere, and they may get to say a few words on stage, or they get placed in a pamphlet. For us, it is, um, they get marketing material. They send us their products. So we get sent physical product and then we shoot it for them on the locations and send it back to them. That's so so cool. It's really fun. Um, We've gotten to work with some really, I mean, honestly, in the beginning, um, just because of Jill's connections in the fitness world, you know, we got to work with Skechers and Canprev and Vital Proteins and, you know, some of these really great companies and, Some started as on trade, like, Hey, just send us some fun stuff for our swag bags. We'll take a couple photos. And that grew into, you know, I mean, we shoot, we shoot full campaigns. So we've done hair products and all these fun things and they just send it. And it's kind of nice, but it's not, not like an event sponsor typically where you get the money, they show up and you don't have to do anything else. Like we have to do a ton of work for them at the retreat. So it's essentially another person we that's treat the so unique. As a person. Yeah. yeah but it, but it gives you fun time because you get women like actual people holding your product, which is something that, you know, on social media content's really time consuming and it's hard to do.
0: That's so genius. So did that just come from, like you said, they just started sending products for swag bags, things like that. And then how did that really transition into actually doing like specific shoots for the sponsor's products? Like, did that just um, naturally think... happen? <laughs> Yeah, it did.
1: Um, it did. in the fact that I think that when you're designing any event for, you know, you start to see where the value is for people and what is the value? What's the, what, what's your like differentiator that makes you different? And we were like, well, why just offer this to be in a swag bag when we're taking photos of it anyways, yeah. when they're using it. And why don't we just sell these as our sponsorships where they get placement at the retreats and photos And they get actual UGC and there's my dog and they get, you know, some marketing material. So it's one of those, you know, really great combos that gives them something. And I'll move for because my dog is loud and he's very big.
0: Oh, that's okay. I can can barely hear him. What kind of dog do you
1: have? Uh, So he is a
0: Rhodesian Ridgeback and he is
1: 120 pounds. He is a big guy and he's very
0: loud. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a, um Australian Labradoodle, but she's just like oh, 55 pounds.
1: I, but, love, I love them.
0: Oh, I love dogs so much. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> All right. Hey, dog moms. Hey, everybody.
0: <laughs> I know. We love them. I would love to get some of your tips um, for those listening, and maybe we can start with just, you know, doing a retreat, like knowing what you know now, what would be some of your advice that you would share with those that are just kind of starting out I would say set your goals because
1: you really need to do, if you're doing it for money at first, it's not going to happen unless you are extremely lucky in the fact that you can find all the things at a decent price and get all of your tickets sold out. Um, You know, it's very hard to make money. Like at first you have to accept the fact that you have to get a little bit of experience and you have to build it. Um, The second is once you get to that point, how much do you want to lose? Like how much can you afford to do this either, free and not make money, you have to have those realistic expectations with a event of any kind, um, whether it's a retreat or an event, you need to know what you're willing to do for it and not make money on to before you go in, because that helps you in negotiating, bartering, all of the things. And then once you get to a point where you're like, this is a proven concept, I know this type of thing will work, I can pull it off. Then you really look at your budget and say, did I need this? do people care if i had 10 things in the swag bag or 3 did they you know where was the feedback um we also always send out a in the beginning we always sent out feedback forms anonymous feedback forms full 100% anonymous i did it for every event and it's eye opening of what people actually care about um you know we had people that you know you'll see the range of people that think the tickets are too expensive people that think that the air conditioning was too cold um you know i didn't like this bathroom like you find the most random thing but it does give you feedback um, and it's a great way for you to move forward and say okay i don't need to spend money on this i need to spend more money on this and then are you really in it to make money then you really need to set your budgets. I mean, you know, you're going to want to, do you want to make 50%, 60%, 70% on your event? And then you start pricing backwards from there. So it took us a while to get through it because we had to prove our concept because we're new. And I think most people with events, if you're new to it, you're going to have to prove yourself the first couple of times. It's not like silver platter, like, hey, you're going to host this event and you're going to sell out and make all this money. Um, And sponsorships are hard to get if you don't have, the right person doing it. I know you're good at it. Like I would honestly, Sarah, I would probably hire you to reach out for our sponsorships, (laughs) you know, and pay a commission. Um, We actually also started paying commission on sponsorships. So we, it's only two of us. If someone can bring us the product or they can bring us something, you know we will pay commission on that. Um, So we set up those kind of structures as well and um, structures to reward our team. So if you do have a team that you can't pay right away, set up bonus structures for them. Like if you sell tickets or if you bring on a sponsor or you bring on someone who's going to set up, I'll give you 10% or 20% of that sponsorship. Um, so that allowed us to, you know, not go out of pocket on the beginning startup of our company, um, which was uh very, you know, again, time consuming to get through those. But those are our biggest ones. And then honestly, my biggest tip for any of it is Do a damn good job. Like if you are not in it for the right reasons, people can tell. And if you're just doing it to make money and look good, people can tell.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, those are such good tips. And I love how you focused around the budget too, because I think a lot of times, you know, people go in just expecting it to be a profitable event from the start. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's a marketing expense for a while, you know, and it's just figuring out like you like you're right. Like, what are you willing to do? To make this successful, so I think those are such great tips. And then for those that maybe don't have the budget to do photo shoots, the retreats, what are some ways that you would suggest for businesses to just get their brand out there?
1: So you can do so much at home on your own. Um, you know, I mean, we've all we've all done it. We became experts of the home. You know, the home photo shoot over the yeah. past few years. And I really think if you're going to do it yourself, keep it simple. Stick to your brand colors. And just sit there and you have, if you have someone else who is in another business trade with them, if they need your service and you need theirs, or if you just both need content, set up a content day together and take each other's photos and video for you. It at least looks like you have someone doing it when you're not paying them. And mm-hmm. it always gives a better perspective, you know, when someone else is also listening to you, um, what your offers are, your content, any of those things. So I think those are some easy ways to do it. Um, also having good marketing images is worth the investment, but you may not need, you know, a whole like slew of things to start. You need some basics for your website. Don't forget your headshot and just have a couple of basic things showing what you do. And you could knock that out in an hour or two with a good local photographer and have them just take some things that you, you can use because social media is so overwhelming and you have seconds to make a first impression. So if you can't, you know, if you're really saying, oh, I don't need this, I don't need this, you may have missed hundreds of people who came to you or your website and was like, yeah, this person doesn't know what the hell they're doing and left. So that, you know, a couple hundred dollars or $500 is is worth it. And I do strongly feel everybody needs a marketing budget, even if you're a solopreneur, Mm -hmm. because at some point you're going to have to do, maybe it's Google ads or Facebook ads or something, um, and you do need to look professional. I mean, in this day and age, there are some friends of mine who, you know, do content all day and they don't, you know, they don't have to leave their house and they don't care what they look like, but they've already established themselves in that community for decades. So, you know, if you don't have the clout, you can't show up looking unprofessional. <laughs> so just try and work with somebody to get a couple of things, but at least have those headshots. And it's so great nowadays with Canva too. You can take oh, a yeah. photo anywhere as long as it's good light, and then you just take the background out. <laughs> like, So don't stress about where you are. Just if you see good light, babe, like take take advantage of it. Take
0: your photo <laughs> and get Canva pro,
1: <laughs> get Canva pro and remove the background. You'll be fine. Trust me. No one will know.
0: So I wanted to ask you about Jill's personality because I know you're very like (laughs) on task and you talked about that a lot. So just really like your dynamics together. And then for people that are just doing retreats with other people, like how do you keep that Mm -hmm. partnership strong and and how those roles go? I
1: do think that we have a slight unicorn relationship. I don't think it's common and I don't think it happens a lot. Um, Never in a million years would I have thought I would have worked with another woman like never, never thought of having a business partner did not cross my mind. And her and I were just very in sync from the beginning in two ways. We both had the same moral compass of where we wanted this business to go. And the same, like our mission, like our core, core statement was to really protect women. Like that was what we started this for, because we saw so many people getting ripped off in these spaces Mm -hmm. So we had the same thing where we're like, this is what we want to do. And we very clearly stated our expectations for the first couple of years as it developed, which was what she did and what I did. And I am very creative. I'm the creative brain. So I do all the design. Um, I do all of the, you know, like creative concepts, taglines, those kind of things. She is a very analytical brain and she's also a psychotherapist. So mm-hmm. she does everything that has to do with the writing and a lot of email copy and psychological selling, that is her side. The one thing we have in common is we are both extremely um, hardworking individuals. Like we both have the same work ethic. So she was a, you know, obviously to be a competitor in the fitness space, you have to be, you know, very, very like, dedicated to what you're doing, like you cannot falter and you have to be very strict and have willpower. She is really good at that. My willpower is kind of there, but I'm the one that's like, Ooh, this is pretty like I'll go over here for a while and do something (laughs) else. Um, but my work ethic, I grew up on a horse farm, so I worked morning till night my entire life. So I can work all day, every day and I'm fine. So that helped us like establish roles in the beginning as a partnership. we honestly agree on a lot of things, which is also weird. We don't have a lot of pushback on ideas, but we also know that we can question each other. And mm-hmm. neither of us are going to get upset about it. Um, we're both people who are also not easily offended. So I grew up in a very politically incorrect family that was really into humor and joking on each other and you know, ripping on each other, and she did too. So we are very fortunate that we both have really Big sense of humor about everything. So, even when shit hits the fan and things are blowing up, we're like, eh, we'll get some tequila. We're fine. (laughs) You guys have thick skin. (laughs) Yeah. We're like, we just, you know, and we, our whole team usually starts meetings with cocktails. That's just kind of how we roll as a group. And we attracted our team that is the same way we are. They love to work. They love to create. They love to have fun. And we can yell and scream at each other all day. And everybody laughs about it. So, I think it's just really, you know, when you meet Mm -hmm. someone, you know, whether you're going to get along or not. And her and I just had this like very serendipitous, like slow run Baywatch moment in the (laughs) beginning. We're like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're amazing. It was really great. And, um, but we're very clearly defined in what we do and we do all of our coaching calls together. So we're both on the call. So we both know everything that's going on with every client. So, and we talk every day. every day.
0: <laughs> I'm totally picturing your um Baywatch run from each of your hotels, like right next to each other.
1: Yeah. Luckily it's mostly women listening to this because guys would be picturing it in a totally different way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: <laughs> you know, that's so, funny. so what's, what's, um, what's up next for reframe? What do you guys have going on with your retreats and do you have anything else that you're going to be kind of launching?
1: Uh, so we actually oh that's funny you asked that we actually were just um, working on that on our website today. Uh, we we have um the retreats for next year so we have two full retreats and three pop-ups right now. Um, it is crazy because like I told you when you love it and you're like you're getting good at it like we are almost like 30 or 40 percent sold out for next year already, which wow. is crazy um to think of where we've come so quickly. Um, so those are still going and they're they're so much fun. And then we actually have our online coaching for people who want to use it with a retreat or by themselves. But we have started the solo production days, which is um, the pop-ups are a group setting. We actually have a studio in Virginia Beach um, that we shoot for online courses and video and photo. So all in one day, you can do stuff that's specific to you only. So it's a lot more content um, because you're not sharing the time with other people. So we have that that we'll be launching, and that has been really fun for us to be able to do, and we already work with several people in that space. Um, the good thing is, like for anybody that's doing events out there or is offering services, you will have people come to you who are not in your niche. Um, if you do a good job, the word will spread. Referrals are the best thing ever, and we work with actually a lot of men and um, a lot of businesses, which is really funny considering all of our marketing and branding is 100% women. Um, and all of our clients lately have been men. Um, wow.
0: Do you have men, do you have retreats at all that men are included in
1: like separately? The pop-ups men can attend the pop-up because we're not sleeping in the same house. So the only reason retreats are all women is just for, you know, safety purposes and making people feel comfortable. And, you know, when we're want to be with the girls, you want to be with the girls. And if you're with the guys, you want to be so we we do keep the retreat separate. Um, but the pop ups men can attend them. But most of the men we've been working with just want to do their own solo day, they don't care about group photos and, you know, cheersing with the girl. It's just not a, not a <laughs> dude thing. So they've been on on their own, you know, just doing their solo days, which is where that came from. So again, Every time you do something or do a new event, you're going to learn something that will take you to another, you know, I guess, higher level of that type of thing you're offering. So, yeah. So next year will be really fun. We've got
0: a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah. And just since you brought up marketing, um, I just want to take this opportunity. Is there any specific marketing tips, you know, when you're promoting the retreats that you think would be good to share with the audience? Uh,
1: Consistency. So, Um, consistency and not being afraid to sell. Uh, If you are online and you're questioning the fact that I talk about selling too much or I talk about my products too much, um, people who are questioning you on that can screw off. Um, They are not your client. They're not your MVP. And if someone, I mean, social media has become a business. Um, It's a way for us to, to gain business organically most of the time. And we really... We offer value, we offer a ton of value. We are the most open door people on the planet, answering questions and offering advice to people online. And we offer a lot of tips and tricks on our social media, but we also are a business and we, no one's gonna know what you're doing unless you say it almost every day, which is, seems overwhelming as a person creating content, but look at it from you as a consumer how do you look at social media? We just, I mean, we're like, yeah. doo, doo, doo. Scrolling, we're scrolling, scrolling through. We don't look at anything. I damn sure don't read the captions most of the time. So unless I see it very clearly that you have something going on, I'm probably going to miss it for days until I see it. So, you know, doing it once or twice and then saying, oh, I'm you know, I'm, I'm oversaturating, I'm overdoing it. People don't like it. They probably haven't even seen it. Um, so, That part, when you're really promoting events online, like don't be afraid to go like full throttle um, and make sure that you are very clear and concise in what you are doing. So consistency is our biggest thing as far as messaging. Like, you know, if you're going to do something, you're not, you don't want to confuse the market. You want to really stick to what you're talking about and the other people will come. Um, And it's scary. It's really scary to do that sometimes because you feel you're missing out on people or, not going to attract the right people. You will, if you do a good job and you're consistent, but the messaging online has to be that way. I mean, you just have to, if you're five sentences in, and then you talk about what you're doing, they're already gone. Yeah. So we break it down as very elementary, like how simplistic can you make your message that people can see it. And in two seconds, they know exactly what's going on. That's what you need to be doing right now online.
0: That's such good advice. Well, Kristen, this has been so fun. And selfishly, I'm just so happy I could just catch up with you and just kind of hear the behind the scenes of what you've been up to. Is there anything else that you want to share before we go?
1: No, we're an open book. Like I said, if you guys have questions, like I love to meet and talk to everybody. So come join us on, you know, all the socials and everything's super easy to find. So you can just um, connect with us. And yeah, if you have any questions, please let us know. And, you know, we have a lot of tools and resources out there. And if we're not the right people for you, we have a lot of connections and can find you the right people.
0: Oh, I love it. And I'll drop all of that in the episode notes, where to find you, what retreats are coming up. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. I know. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. This is awesome. Thanks for listening. Your time is valuable and I appreciate it that you spent it with me. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love if you could review and rate it five stars. This helps us get the podcast out to more people. Thanks. Have a great day.